Welcome to Access Answers. If you've been tuned into our Microsoft Teams series, you know that I'm Julia, and I'll be your host along with Angela O'Pry. Our guest today is Wei Tan, a senior IT consultant with Access Sciences, and he'll be talking to you guys about delivering Microsoft Teams training. Hi, Wei. We're so excited to have you on our podcast today. You're live from Columbus. Welcome. Hi. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we were so excited to partner with you to produce the webinar that you hosted on Wednesday. Um, we got a lot of really great feedback. I think one of the comments even said she never leaves comments, but it was an amazing presentation. So awesome job. Uh, we wanted to take some time today to just do a little bit of a deeper dive about your experience training teams internally and also any advice that you might have for the audience. We received some feedback from audience members that they had just kind of been thrown into teams without any training. And, you know, we felt a lot of empathy for that. It seems to be a trend these days. So what advice do you have for those people who were just completely thrown into it and had no idea what to do? Well, they're not alone. There's tons and tons of users out there who are in the same boat as you. Me kind of included. Teams is pretty new to me. I haven't really used it before this year. So like a lot of you, we're learning as we go. Yeah, and you delivered the internal Teams training. So it was kind of a train-the-trainer situation. What process did you go through yourself to learn more about Teams? A lot of uh, what I've learned was from just using it. We did a lot of testing, and part of my background had a lot of testing involved, so it it wasn't too much of an issue for me to go in and come up with a lot of scenarios and then go in and test them. So that's what we did. And tell us more about the team that was involved with the the internal rollout for Access Sciences. Sure. It was me and three other consultants that were uh, involved in the testing and the training portions. And then we had uh, another internal resource. We were all internal. Uh, We had another internal resource who managed the change management portions with all the communications. And then we had a couple IT guys who helped us come up with some of the IT requirements and the governance requirements. And they helped us do all the settings and the license stuff. And then finally, we had our project managers and project sponsors. So throughout the process, I mean, communications is such an important part of the training that you did. But from your experience, how much do you think is too much to communicate at once? Because I know there's that constant communication as you're training and things keep rolling out. Yeah, I think we need to space it out a little bit. It depends on, I guess, how many emails your organization already sends out on a, on a daily basis or a weekly basis. I would say once or twice a week, maybe, Um, especially if you're starting to do this and no one's ever heard of Teams before, maybe front load it at the beginning and then maybe start tapering off as, you know, as people start becoming aware of what's going on and then you can taper it off a little bit so then people don't become immune or numb to the constant communication where they eventually start ignoring it. Right. And how often would you say that you send updates on Teams? So uh, now that we've finished our training, we've, we've only sent out a few emails. Um, we, we kind of waited 
I think we're doing once a month. We wait and kind of gather the list of issues people have been reporting over the month, um, any updates Microsoft might be coming up with, and anything else that we want to show people, such as like tips and tricks or shortcuts and stuff like that. So also, what's the plan for training new hires? Right. So in the webinar, I talked about the scalability of our training. And one of the examples I gave was making your training available um, in a portal so new hires can go and reference it. What people could do is re-record some of their training sessions or re-record sessions talking about certain features into clean videos, meaning you don't have a lot of the, the pausing, the asking questions, stuff like that. So they could go in and reference it when new hires come along. And you mentioned some new features that might be coming out. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so Ignite 2020 happened just recently. And some of the new features includes the, the together mode, the breakout rooms. So a lot of people love using their backgrounds, their custom backgrounds, because it's it's just like a fun way to use the application. I remember when Zoom came out, people went crazy just picking their custom backgrounds. So this together mode um, is like a variant of that. And so you can see kind of everybody in the same room together. And the breakout rooms are kind of cool. It's a way for you to be in mini meetings within your meeting. So if if you had like a big working session or something and then you needed to, you know, squirrel away into another room and, and talk to another person, you don't have to leave the meeting. You can just kind of join that room. Well, I think we're excited to try that for our 80s trivia that we have coming up for our 35th anniversary celebration. Okay, that should be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. I, I won't know anything. Yeah, we're probably the wrong group here on the call today. What, two millennials and a Gen Z? But it's okay. We can still dress up and have fun. So speaking of 80s, I know it's not necessarily 80s, but more 70s. I know you use Star Wars characters to make the training fun and engaging. So can you talk a little bit about that and how that came about? Sure. Um, so originally we had the two test accounts and we cleverly named them T-Migration 1, T-Migration 02. And it just was a mouthful to say. Um, we actually had a couple of trainings where we used those accounts and it was just it got confusing because uh, people were like, which one do I message? Um, it got confusing for us because I mentioned in our webinar that we had two trainers. So sometimes we would get mixed up which accounts we were on or something like that. So I suggested maybe we should give these guys names. So I didn't want to do something boring like John Doe or whatever. And, and so I, I wanted to make it unique. Our project manager, Renu, left it up to me, and she said, your call, and my favorite movie, Star Wars. So I just came up with two characters that were two main characters, and I, I put pictures on the accounts and everything and kind of took off from there. And I mean, it worked because we got great feedback from the surveys that you put out at the end of training. So speaking on that, how, how do you recommend others get that feedback after training has been rolled out and using it to help facilitate future trainings or updating on teams? So we use, we use QR codes to help users get to the training. So what other organizations use doesn't really matter in terms of what they use to collect feedback. 
It can be free stuff like Google Docs. I, there's polls available on there. There's SurveyMonkey. The important thing is that you ask the right questions. Another question that we ask is, what training did they attend? And it was kind of a, it, it was a little bit of a lengthy survey, but it wasn't something that you had to think too hard about. So we asked things like, did you think the questions were, did you think the tasks were appropriate? Did you understand the presenter? Things like that. But then we also made sure we asked specifically, did you learn how to look up an external contact? Did you learn how to start a group chat? We, so we specifically targeted the certain tasks and, and asked them if they were clear on all those steps. So we could kind of go back and refine our training, be more clear about our instructions if they weren't clear on that. Yeah, I think that's really great to ask specific pointed questions rather than just did you agree or disagree or how did you like the training? And on the training for the Darth Vader and Obi-Wan, didn't you also have fun backgrounds? I did. Oh, okay. So something I guess I forgot to mention that I I just grabbed some screenshots off of the internet, but Yvette had a, a picture of me, I guess, dressed in Star Wars stuff. But yeah, she had that. Um, I remember also doing this a couple times in some of the trainings where I, well, this is a podcast, so you can't see, but I pulled out the helmets and when, when we were asked to turn on our cameras, I put it on and I guess that helped wake everyone up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know everyone's pretty crazy about the team's background. I think that's you know, most people's favorite feature. Angela, actually, I know you know way, but I'm telling the audience, uh, came up with a bunch of branded teams backgrounds and everyone in the company kind of went crazy over them. And she keeps rolling out with more as kind of a fun surprise. I think you just did Halloween ones. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. It's officially October now. So I think it's officially appropriate to put out pumpkins and decorate your team's background for Halloween. Okay, wait. One of the so one of the polls that you did in the webinar asked the audience what stumbling blocks they've either already experienced or anticipate to experience. The number one answer to that was how to cater based on user needs. What advice do you have for catering to the audience? Okay, we need to know uh, first of all how, who they're going to be using Teams with. Are they going to be primarily using it with each other? Uh, internally, um, if they know that they are going to be using it with third-party accounts, um, third-party companies, they need to know some of the issues that may come with that or how to deal with some of those things, uh, know some of the limitations surrounding talking with third-party people or people outside the organization, I should say, and then know how they are going to share files and things like that are they going to be sharing it within within teams or so this is going again going back to the part where i talk about governance and establishing all that up front before before training teams so people know so if if organizations decide that you shouldn't be sharing your uh, documents on teams you should be actually sharing links to sharepoint instead so that kind of stuff gets decided up front. So you need to know if your organization is working a certain way, and then you can then cater your training to fit that. And how do you assess technical skills of the users? Uh, you talked about champions, which 
also Linda and Sandra talked about in their last webinar, identifying the champions or the early adopters. Any tips for that? So assessing technical skills is very subjective. Um, it it's kind of like if they if they can pick up the tool and use it reasonably well without needing to ask for much help, then I would consider them, you know, technically competent. If if they pick it up and have no idea what to do or how to even install it, then maybe they need a little bit more handholding. And then if you're like a computer programmer and you eat and sleep computer programming, then I would assume that you would be able to pick it up and not have any problems using it. And then in terms of uh, the champions, um, so we picked some key people within each project. A lot of them were managers or supervisors, uh, team leads uh, within that project. So those are the people who we either appointed or they volunteered to become the champions. And similarly uh, with teams, that's just kind of how champions have worked. The client that I referred to in the past, when we had when we had training, uh, we also kind of used the managers as the the champions because they were the ones who wanted to drive drive the change. So they they volunteered to be the champion. Access Answers is owned and operated by Access Sciences. We're a consulting and business process outsourcing firm specializing in information governance, technology enablement, and business strategy. Since 1985, our dynamic team of experts have been committed to meeting each of our clients' unique information needs. Simply put, we create value out of information chaos. As a Microsoft certified partner, we work with our clients of both private and public enterprises to organize their information and meet compliance in all Microsoft 365 platforms. If you're interested in partnering with Access Sciences, send us an email at infoaccesssciences.com. So, Wei, you mentioned in the beginning of your webinar, you showed the picture of the bread that you were baking during quarantine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I actually started doing the sourdough stuff or looking into it before coronavirus, but I was kind of too intimidated to really start. And so I guess it gave me an opportunity to really get into it when, when we were in full lockdown mode. It was fun. Is it a soothing hobby for you or is it stressful? Because cooking of any sort stresses me out. Uh, I don't find it stressful. It's a little bit of a challenge and I kind of learn a little bit, something new each time I do it. Um, then again, I kind of change up something each time I do it. And that kind of explains how the results vary each time I do it. But yeah, it's a it's a long process. It's not something that you can kind of do in a day. It, it really takes all day to prepare the change management resource on our on our team she actually had to pause one of our meetings once because she had to run off and go do her dough she said so <laughs> um, a lot of people picked up sourdough bread baking during the quarantine so yeah i am not one of those people baking during quarantine <laughs> <laughs> i heard a lot about banana bread too that too yeah so sourdough takes 2 days takes all day to like prepare the dough and then the next day is when you bake it's a whole lot of patience so the whole thing about immediate gratification is just a myth right for what <laughs> for millennials like how we have oh. to have instant gratification for everything 
Yeah, yeah, that's when you just go to the store and buy it. (laughs) So also mentioned in your webinar, you said that you highly recommend that users put Microsoft Teams on their cell phone or mobile device for use there. So why, why do you feel so strongly about that? Yeah, if you don't use, I feel like if you don't use it on your phone, you're not using Teams to its fullest, I guess, potential. It's just so seamless to be able to do something on your computer and then just walk away and then continue that on your phone. And then it can be a good thing and a bad thing at the same time if you don't want to be able to be reached at all times. But just like anything else on your phone, you're able to silence uh, those notifications. But it's just nice to be able to check your phone and then be able to see any of messages that you've missed without having to go back and log into your computer and all that stuff. And then on several occasions, um, because we're all working from home, we have things to do, like take out our dogs and stuff. So um, during one of our meetings, I had to take my dog out for a potty break. And it was easy. No no one noticed that I was outside. Uh, You can just join from your phone seamlessly. No No one's able to tell. And then you can pop in your earphones and just go about your day and still participate in the meeting. You could also take the call from Ikea, I hear. Right. <laughs> so, so I... You've been exposed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I had to take a meeting once. I did not drive, so I was sitting in the passenger seat and I was still participating in the meeting. The signal stays strong throughout the way. And then when we got to Ikea, I hopped onto their Wi-Fi and still listened in on the meeting. Although... <laughs> Although it was a little loud on my end, um, I'm sure everyone was looking at me like, what is he doing? Like, what is he talking about? We were talking about chatbots. We were planning out the chatbot. But yeah, it's kind of how how people are going to work today. It's just, you're, I think Microsoft plans on having people be a lot more productive. Having Teams on your phone is just going to be a new way of life for everyone. Did you do any IKEA hacks? Because I've been seeing a lot of that on TikTok. No, I don't even remember what we went there to go buy anymore. <laughs> I think it was something frivolous. My wife just wanted to go out to go to IKEA because we hadn't. Oh, I think it had just opened, uh, opened back up, and they were actually out of what we were looking for. Oh, bummer. So you mentioned the chatbots just a little bit ago, um, and I know our audience has heard about the chatbots once or twice, once in Ray News webinar, and then we have a blog out about it. What's your experience working with the chatbot and, you know, the benefits you see from having one in your organization for Teams? Yeah, so our chatbot is still in its infancy. We named it Omni because chatbots should be omnipotent. So I thought it would be a cool name to name it Omni. So our, our, our chatbot's still a baby. It has a lot to learn still. Um, there's a lot of technologies that that make up the chatbot, and it's really amazing what it can do, and it's very scalable. So it can be, like I said in the webinar, it can be very simple and give you just clickable answers, or it can understand um, almost full sentences or paragraphs and be able to pick out kind of what you're asking. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to learn more about everything that kind of makes up the chatbot and see where ours grows up to be. I just had a random question that came to my mind about the voice to chat feature. Like on my iPhone, I can say text way, happy birthday. Does the chat feature in Teams have the same ability? Could I say, hi, Omni, create a new team site called blah, blah, blah. 
So yeah, um, the chatbot works off of a chat, like a regular Teams chat. And now on your phone, one of the newest updates on your phone is um, it uses Cortana, which is Microsoft's version of Siri. So I think so. Uh, I think you could just do voice to text with it. What about using Microsoft Teams on a Mac? Is that a different experience versus a PC? Yes. So I have Microsoft Teams on my Mac and my work laptop. Um, again, kind of like having it on your phone, it's kind of nice to be able to just see when messages come in. Um, I also am able to share files. Again, this all depends on how your organization wants you to be able to share files. But like, let's say you need to share a link or something like that. I can I can share the link once and then jump over to my Mac and then still have it on there without having to, like, say, email myself again. In terms of the experience, that part might be not as in sync as the updates that are coming out to the Microsoft version. It might be the version numbers aren't always going to be the same. And, and some of the experience might be a little bit different. But in general, just being able to just kind of jump from each device if you have a Mac. It's kind of neat to be able to do that. So I would be remiss if I didn't ask you what your favorite of the three C's were. Linda and Sandra introduced them in their webinar. The executives revealed three C's to Microsoft Teams success. They were culture, champions, and communication. What do you think is the most important C? I think my favorite C would be the culture part. Um, kind of appreciating the differences of uh, the organization, realizing that everybody works the same way. It would be really a, a really boring place to work at if everyone worked at the same way. Uh, same way. Um, and it's kind of like a challenge to deal with those differences, um, cater, cater what you're doing to, to kind of help those people, help those people out. Yeah, I think culture is also very important and knowing your audience like you talked about. So um, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. We'll see you very soon for our internal anniversary celebration. Can't wait. Uh, yeah, celebrating 35 years of Access Sciences. So we're going to have a fun virtual 80s party. And anyone listening today can also celebrate our anniversary on November 12th. We'll do a virtual game night virtual bingo, and all proceeds will be donated to Girls Who Code, supporting young girls in STEM. Um, so stay tuned for more information about that. And on a last note, um, if you weren't able to tune in to Way's webinar on delivering Microsoft Teams training at scale, um, we'll link that below so that you can take a look. It'll be available on our website.